0: Welcome to entitled to overcome, exploring solutions for life today. Janae. A presentation of Take Twelve today. Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. What's up? Sing it, Dave. Overcome. That's I, right. I have overcome. And welcome. Don't cry, victim to me. <laughs> Welcome to
1: another production of the Take Twelve Recovery Radio Show. This show is called uh, "Entitled to Overcome: Solutions for Life." Today, today with uh, CADC Level Two, Mister Dave Fleming. Hello, Dave. He's waving at you there with his little uh, victory signs, peace a signs, vid. or it's the vid,
0: vid, 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 vid. Not to be con- confused with any other nonsensical thing hand gestures <laughs>
1: a lot of hand gestures going on these days uh, yeah right? it's like you know it's not
0: even okay it's not okay to do this anymore right what's that mean it means okay but if you they're you know is it something crude no it's uh i mean there's a few different ones i don't know i don't pay attention but the one that i heard uh is like six 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 right oh because it's a six and then oh, you got three fingers sticking up yeah it's Really, I yeah, there's some really out there, gee, we lick and then you know, I saw this this <laughs> one yesterday popped up on one of these videos. I didn't hear I didn't turn the sound on, but it, yeah. it said, uh, you know, uh something about f twelve, and really? I'm like, what does that have to do with anything, and so it's some kind of like numerological thing with the police. <sighs> And I'm like, well, I yeah, guess... People that I'm grow in, up. I mean, right? I'm in trouble because, you know, my... I mean, 12 is a is one of those numbers that uh, it kind of is about spiritual things. And we associate a lot of healthy
1: things with the right. number 12, well, I, right? Well, I mean, I
0: looked it up and it's like... Because there's like, you know, there's a lot of numbers that are being thrown out there. Like right. 11 has to do with some stuff. And I looked up 12 because I'm like, what is 12 like associated with? And it's like you know spirituality and spiritual things and i said well that makes i mean that that's kind of cool that makes sense because every time i turn around uh 12 is pops up i mean i look at the clock and it'll say like five twelve, which is my birthday and then you look at it'll say 12 12 or 10 12 or you know whatever it's just 12 12 is or like everywhere um take 12 radio oh Had to throw that? I was waiting for that. Right? I saw that look on your your face. Yeah,
1: and if you're watching on YouTube, the banner right behind Dave there says, the number 12 right there, take 12. So I
0: just, you know, I think people are just, this this whole, you know, nonsense stuff that goes on out there, I think people just don't have anything else to do. Right. You know, they're not working and they're, you know, some people are not working and getting paid or they're, you know getting paid to protest or whatever the whatever it is and i think we are getting paid to get paid just got gone totally like, to, yeah. out of control
1: it is it is uh <laughs> i don't know what to say i just don't i'm at a loss for words anymore um yeah it's just, just... <sighs> I, <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: now they're going after the you know what is it the other one they're going after the post office It's, you know about they're trying to throw the post office under the bus and say it's Trump's fault and all this nonsensical stuff. Oh yeah, everything's
1: his fault. Yeah, everything's his fault. The destruction of the uh, typical family unit—they want to destroy that.
0: No, that's Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. sorry, did I say that? I well, know.
1: that's what it says. That's what they say. I mean, let's 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 call a spade a spade here. That's what it says in their uh in their outline of their their statement of purpose. But they're a Marxist. What can I say? I you know, uh anyway, anyway, back to recovery. Back to recovery. Yeah. So
0: send your complaints to Take twelve radio
1: at Comcast dot net. Uh you're certainly welcome to do that. I will I, I make those we don't usually talk about this stuff too much. We did one on um on uh, you know recovery in, in the midst of a politically Charged climate we tried to make light of it And did a lot of rule 62 Stuff and made some fun And still got hate mail You get hate mail when you're nice You get hate mail when you're hateful I, It doesn't matter um, And I don't really care uh, That's fine if that's the way you want to live your life You know what people that are offended by some Of these things they go around offended all
0: day long Anyway so yeah, it's, you know they're just It's looking, too bad you know. Too bad um, I, I had, uh, you know, I, I heard I, tried, I was trying to find the the article or the video or whatever, but there was this uh, person that was, you know, connected with um, the post office or they do the you know the the data on how everything works. I I right. forget what their title was, but they said that at this point it's too late in the game mm-hmm. before the election to do a national mail-in ballot. This is it just is too late they need to like start planning that like three years in advance and they said and so it's like okay you know let's just do it we can go stand in line and go to the store we can go on an airplane sit next to each other um there's no reason why we can't go out there and vote and i had somebody that is you know a friend of the family say right well what i mean uh, a Posted this little picture that said, "You know, if we gave out checks for everybody that went to go vote, everyone would find a way to get there." Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I had a would. friend, yeah, friend of the family, you know, said, "Well, why can't we do both?" And I was like, "I was like, wasn't going to say anything," but then I was like, "We already do that." Yeah. And it just shows. Well, that here in people... Oregon, we've
1: had mail-in ballots here in Oregon for right ever. But yeah.
0: you know, for most of the states is. The, the, you go and vote it in person or if you're out of got a disability, you're out of town or out sure. of the country, you can do absolutely Sure. Ballot, and there's a process for that. So we do have that in place already. We do next. Well, you know what, it, Dave, <laughs> Sorry. You, you can't make sense
1: out of nonsense. nonsense. And, uh, that's just exactly what's going on. Uh, so uh, to the uh, topic for this week's show, um, prevention of relapse relapse prevention and we're going to be talking uh uh, about that um this is kind of um kicking off and continuing from last week's show where margie came and and shared with us her experience um with with her relapse and getting back on the horse and some of the things that led up to it and and that kind of thing so we figured we would uh, kind of continue
0: with this oh no Uh uh-oh What time is it?
2: Oh, It's time for (laughs) Dave and Monty's Icebreaker.
0: That's right. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Well, 24-year-old Florida... Florida's in the news again. Floridian? Floridian. Floridian. A 24-year-old Floridian resident held up a convenience store last week, and in his attempt to conceal his identity, wore a face covering. Not unlike so many who are adorning these useless COVID fashion accessories. The problem with this guy was he used a transparent face shield. Mm. And of course, his identity was quickly discovered. I'm going to put a transparent face shield on so they don't see who I am. What made matters even worse and hilarious was instead of jumping into his friend's getaway car, he jumped into another vehicle that was similar in color, and it turned out to be driven by an off-duty police officer that was enjoying a corn dog while sitting in the family's SUV.
0: (laughs) Wow. You can't make this stuff up. What?
1: Needless to say, uh, the
0: masked robber is now incarcerated. (laughs) you can't make this stuff up
1: well if you like that one check this one out another bit of good press Mm. to put the state of oregon on the map so we got from the east coast to the west coast Derek mosley 22 attempted to rob a gun store in beaverton not with a gun dave with a baseball bat nice right It's generally not a good idea to try to rob a gun shop unless you're in a tank (laughs) or or yourself, uh, you're some sort of bulletproof robot. Mostly could have made things easier on himself by picking an easier target like Joanne Fabrics or the Good Ship Lollipop.
0: It's like, you know, one of those, you know, (laughs) bring a knife to a gunfight.
1: Right, right. Uh, He's being held on... Uh, he was being held on the floor at gunpoint by the store manager when the cops arrived. Uh, I'm going to rob a gun shop with a bat. <coughs> Can you? Do you think the chances of the guy being sober was was any good? Was he perhaps in relapse mode?
0: Well, I don't know. Unfortunately, <laughs> I um, would be. I would not be surprised if he was stone cold sober. Yeah, you just don't know anymore. People I mean, they're doing, doing some the stupidest weird stuff.
1: Sober, the stupidest stuff. Let's put on a transparent face shield and rob a bank, or rob a store, or rob. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a criminal, you need to learn how to do it right. Watch a few exactly. episodes of Oceans, whatever. Right? Do something different in your life. Um, All right, we're going to be talking about uh, relapse prevention. Uh, I'm going to hit on emotional relapse and mental relapse a a little bit uh, and then kind of turn this thing over to Dave, um, who is a certified alcohol and drug counselor level 2 licensed guy, uh, to talk about some of the things we can do to prevent uh, relapse from happening. So uh, we'll do that as soon as we come back. Don't go away. More more for you right after this hey there it's the monty man did you know that take 12 recovery radio and khlt recovery broadcasting are listener supported What that means is we don't receive any financial assistance from advertising products or services that have nothing to do with health or recovery, but are supported by you, our listeners. Any other promotions we commit to are purely our way of sponsoring other endeavors we feel are beneficial to the recovery community. Well, one thing we have learned all too well in our second decade of broadcasting is that We receive not because we ask not. Therefore, three times a year, we come to you, our listeners, for help. Because we are listener-supported, we depend on your donations to keep us on the air. Our listening audience has helped us to do just that. And once again, we are asking for your support. If you feel that Take 12 Recovery Radio is a valuable part of breaking the stigma of addiction and a resource of recovery, from the world's number one health crisis, we ask that you consider becoming a Take 12 partner. To donate any amount or to sign up for a reoccurring monthly donation, simply visit our website at take12radio.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the donate button. All proceeds go directly to pay for our expenses to continue to bring you the best in recovery talk and positive music. Won't you consider partnership today? Thank you and God bless.
0: Hi, this is Colin Meyer, the producer of the Welcome to the Table podcast, and you are listening to the recovery talk and positive music of Take 12 Recovery Radio.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. This is entitled "To Overcome Solutions for Life Today" with our friend Dave Fleming, and we're going to be talking about uh, relapse prevention today on the show. Um, last last week, uh, our co-host Margie uh, came and shared with with all of us and you, our listeners, uh, her experience with a relapse. It was a rather um, as far as the actual drinking goes, uh, it was rather short lived and she got back on the horse. Uh, if you'd like to listen to that show, simply visit us at take 12 radio.com. Click on any of the uh, major podcasting platforms there and it'll be in the archives. You can also visit us at our YouTube channel. Just search for Monty Meyer, M O N T Y M E Y E R on YouTube. And you can get that show as well. um, From addictionsandrecovery.org, three stages of relapse are emotional relapse, mental relapse, and then, of course, physical relapse. Uh, Some signs of emotional relapse are anxiety, intolerance, anger, defensiveness, mood swings, isolation, not asking for help, not going to meetings... Poor eating habits, poor sleep habits. Those are just some emotional uh, relapse signs. Uh, Some mental relapse signs thinking about people, places, and things you used with, glamorizing your past use, lying, hanging out with old using friends, fantasizing about using, thinking about relapsing, planning your relapse around other people's schedules although that was interesting, depending on other people's behavior to be okay with yourself and, of course, placing placing expectations on, on others. And then, of course, the third phase would be the actual physical relapse itself. So those are the things that can lead up to it. But, Dave, what do we do to prevent? What is, are what is some of the preventative uh, methods and tools? I mean, kind of the, the no-brainer one would be Follow the directions that you learned in recovery, right?
0: Don't drink. Well, I mean, the, the standard, you know. Don't
1: drink. Go to meetings. Serve others. All right. that kind
0: of stuff, right? Do service work. Is it that blah, simple, blah, blah, though, blah. Dave? You know, uh, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, basically, yes. Mm. Right? If you're, I mean, even if you do plug those things into your recovery tool belt, as they say. Right. Um, that'll that'll get you going in the right direction at least. Get your feet right? moving, right? Um, to, to and establish then, some yeah. sort
1: of preventive framework for your life,
0: right? I yeah. mean, so uh, on this show, we like to you know try to address people that maybe have been in recovery for a little while, and and or you know maybe struggling, maybe not. You know, sure. like we're you know talking about the whole relapse process that happens before the actual relapse and also for you know people that are fresh out of treatment maybe mm-hmm. or thinking about you know quitting or whatever wherever you're at we try to cover a little bit about, about each area Yeah, because it's you know there's a lot of people out there and you know in different uh, phases in in their addiction and you know recovery um the old, uh, you know, when I got in, actually into recovery this last time, you know, the whole "keep it simple," silly thing. Yeah, you know these all these cliche ish taglines, uh, the sayings on the wall. Yeah, I mean yeah. they they work. We laugh at them a lot. We make fun
1: of them a lot, and we get sick of hearing them. Right, but they're actually. There's a lot of truth when applied properly to all of them, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, we, in recovery, you know, especially, the, you know, they talk about alcoholics being some of the, you know, in, drug addicts fall, any addicts really, you know, we're some of the smartest people out there. Uh, we overthink things. We overanalyze yep. everything. And, you know, it's, and I did, I was one of those people you know, overanalyze everything, you know, yesterday, today, tomorrow, next year, next week, last, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was 12, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we don't have any time for being in the here and now, right? One day at a time. Things are thinking so much. You know, and it took me to get to the point where I need to just, I finally, you know, it finally clicked. You know, I had this, you know, spiritual uh, intervention, you know, while I was sitting in detox. And so... Um after that it's like I'm just gonna focus on the whole, you know, one day at a time, right? Sure. I'm gonna stay sober today. Um and the main thing was, you know, go to meetings, you read the literature and talk to your sponsor. And follow the directions that and they give you. If your sponsor isn't available, then talk to other people in recovery. I mean, I did the meetings, uh, did meetings for everyday uh, for almost two years, sometimes two or three in a day, depending on what, you know, was going on. Um, you know, if there was something cool going on in speaker meetings and, you know, conventions or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get plugged in. And I think that was a bit, the biggest thing for me because I was able to uh, go in, and I did a lot of my, most of my meetings in the evening because I, I looked at it as... I get to leave uh, – I get to talk about whatever's going on in my life, good or bad, and I get to leave it there, and then it's lost its power over me, and I go home. And and then your day comes to a close. Yeah. Yeah. And when I got uh, – I know one thing that I noticed pretty quickly is uh, I stopped having dreams or nightmares or using dreams or anything like that. That happened to you pretty quick? It, it – from the time that, you know – my addiction and my obsession was removed. But it when, gotcha. I was, when I was in detox, it was like blank slate. God said, okay, now let's fill it up. And I had to figure out how to live life on life's terms. And hence, you know, we've talked about this before, is like the only thing you got to change is everything and then break that down. Right. Uh, logically, you know, from the day that you stop drinking, right, the whole, I mean, usually it's, for me anyway, it was, uh, it, uh, I had to have some kind of legal inter- intervention. And it, mm-hmm. so it was like, you know, the foxhole prayer. So instead of the foxhole prayer, you do the opposite of that and start praying for other people. And so that's what I, that's where I started that process. Mm-hmm. Ask for help, never ask for help ever. <laughs> was that, hard? was that, did you have a
1: time where, where you thought about Using, but you
0: were embarrassed to share with anybody that you thought about using. No, the funny thing was, is I didn't, it wasn't even a factor. I spent all of my time uh, plugging myself into uh, changing my life and recovery. And so, so you didn't have to, it may sound weird, but I didn't, it wasn't even. I'm more concerned about how do I figure out how to live life on life's terms without some kind of chemicals, legal or I- legal or illegal okay. in my body, or in and at the time I didn't even the emotional sobriety part of it wasn't even on my radar. Right, you were just trying to figure I'm, out how to get to the next step. I was just to do what you need to do. You know, it was like they, you know, I, I uh, they should rename the Big Book Idiots Guide for Sobriety because if you follow the direction. You'll stay sober. You'll stay sober. In, in, at least it's a, you know, like we've said before, you know, it's it's like a kindergarten, you know? Right. You get in and you get the basics and then you kind of build on it from there. Right. And um, so with going to meetings every day, um, I, you know, obviously it's not, I can't go to the same meeting every day because this just doesn't happen. We had a core, a core group of probably ten, fifteen people that would go to all the basically all the same meetings. Some were healthy, some were not, but it was this group that you know would you would always see it all these all the different meetings. Mm-hmm. And then you had to go to uh, different types of meetings, you know, because they they tell you you know you gotta. You got to go and check out what out what's out there to find out what works for you. Or yeah, because a lot your... of
1: times you got to you got to take piecemeal. You got to take some from this one, some from that one, right? And kind of put it all together. Because not everybody in every single meeting is going to have something healthy to share that you can uh, digest. So you you, you got to move around a little
0: bit. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I'm sticking to the twenty four hours at a time. I'm not thinking of ahead. What am I going to do tomorrow? Am I going to come to this meeting next week? You know, it was just like, I'm going to a meeting today. I'm going to work today. I'm going to take care of my, you know, my daughters. Um, Whatever it is that the basic things, uh, I got to, that's what I'm going to do daily. Everything else is just uh, kind of a a icing or cherry on top. Was
1: was that easy for you to do though? Because some people, for me, it wasn't. I I was future tripping so much. Right now, I did, I went through all the motions. I did what I was was told to do, but it was a struggle. And when I when I asked about um, if you felt like using or drinking, was it hard to tell somebody? I didn't have a problem telling somebody in the Twelve Step Fellowship, but telling my wife. Right. Look at I feel like sticking a needle in my arm. That was almost impossible. Because there was, I was still dealing in early recovery with a lot of shame. Right, right. Uh, when I finally crossed over that hump and was able to do that, um, uh, you know, a lot of doors opened up for me. Right, you know. So, so it was off my it was off my mm-hmm. shoulders because I would go from home thinking about using all the way to the meeting. Thank God I got to the meeting. But when I was able to sh- to share with my wife, you know what, I'm really squirrely today. I'm not having a good day, that kind of thing. Then I didn't have that burden. Right. I'm going to the meeting. My focus is on healthier things. Right. Um, so, so I don't know if it's that easy for everybody just to.
0: You know, I, and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, yeah, it was just, you know, it was super easy. It took a, a lot for me to get there. Yeah. Right. I've tried. Things along the way, you know, I've tried every other way, right? Right. Because I'm smarter and I know better and, you know, I, I'll just pick and choose what works for me. Um, I did all that, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually work the program the way. That's laid out. Or any kind of program the way that, you know, others have done before me that have been successful uh, that they suggest you do. You try to customize it? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And, you know, like I said before, it's like keeping it simple and sticking to the 24 hours a day at a time was the key for me. And then everything I did in my whole day was about recovery. Even when I was at work, uh, my thought process was how could I be of service to somebody else? Mm -hmm. And if I made a mistake, I would own up to it. You know, right. um, it, you know, that, even though I was there before I went to treatment, um, it was my recovery job and I got to test out a lot of things, uh, put them into practice while I was there, but I didn't, I didn't have any, um, temptations. I didn't even, it wasn't even a thought process, you know, even when things got really difficult and I had, there was times where I had, I had panic attacks, and they were a result of my own decisions, right? And right. so it was always in, in my forefront of my brain is like processing that. Like, is this something that I can change? What can I do mm. different? Does this even have anything to do with me? Because most of the time it didn't. It's like Right. and I'm plugging you away. And I change you know, I changed I changed everything. I changed the movies that I watch, I changed the music that I listen to. Not you know I I I went I kind of went on this quest to find something that I could replace because you know I'm big you know '80s sure you know rock yeah, me and too. roll guy me too. and yeah. so yeah. Uh, I was you know working on I was more of a spiritual person then and it was like it really hit me hard when I heard music that I could tell was, you know, for lack of a better term, evil and it was like stuff that was not sending your brain not places good that it shouldn't go for my spirit. Yeah. And so yeah. That was my thing is like I'm going to change everything. So what is that that was like what does that look like? It's like it's everything. Praying for others, asking for help, yeah. and then changing the things that cause me problems or stress in my life, you know. Uh, concerts were a big thing for for me you know i used to work in the music business and mm-hmm. you know and uh, me and my wife and the kids we all went we went to concerts you know two or three at, at least even after i got out of business uh a year you know going to concerts well i didn't go to any concerts for probably uh, i got i want to mm-hmm. say probably 6 years mm mm-hmm. Because there was a period where me and my wife separated for for a bit, mm-hmm. and that was probably the best because I had to focus on myself. Yeah, right. Um, that was uh, that was what changed things, and then I was able to uh, kind of repair a lot of myself uh, before we could even think about, you know, getting back together. Yeah, sure. And and God intervened in that and made everything and happen that's a that's another story but the uh it was really bizarre and it was like I sometimes I was like this is sometimes it's overwhelming and so I got to remember to go back and just work the process right and in, mm-hmm. in the evening do step 10 stuff you know do service work and I, I was also on you know I I had to do some community service and part of that uh was you know, I had to, you know, I had to do some community service hours. And uh, luckily enough, I had a PO that was willing to let me uh, count the stuff that I was doing as my community service, because it wasn't to go to meetings or go and do service work or volunteer work to check the box off for my probation right. requirements. It right. it was, my recovery this is my new life this is how i I changed everything and as a bonus it checked off that box it as a result of doing that right and they you know uh, i got i had a blessing they let me off two years early out of my uh my probation and that i wasn't like sitting there going you know i got to make sure it looks good because i Mm -hmm. you know i've always done that i've always been proactive and you know, go and do what they, they know that I know they're going to tell me to do like treatment. Well, I'm going to go to treatment. And then when I go to court, I'm like, Hey, I already I'm completed treatment or I'm in treatment. And yeah. so they're, you know, they tend to look the other way. And so it just kind of fed into my addiction back, back in the day before I had this spiritual awakening. Um, but yeah, that was the weird part because as I'm, t- on a daily basis, as I'm doing the next right thing, whatever mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. um, things are just happening, and it, you know the uh, the promises,
1: right? They started coming true for you, right? Like yeah. immediately, yeah. and
0: so I'm like, why would I? Because I made this. I've talked about this before. I made this this uh, this deal, whatever, uh, with with my higher power, mm-hmm. right? With God, I said okay, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability for an entire year. And if my life doesn't change, I can always go back to doing what I was doing. Well, pretty quickly, uh, you know, I would say within a few months, if not sooner, I was like, why would I ever want to go back to what I was doing before? Mm -hmm. So so, so let
1: me talk about this for a minute. Because to understand the solution, we need to understand the problem. To understand the problem, we also need to understand a solution. And that's the great disconnect between the recovery community and the faith community many times. Is that in the faith community, we understand the solution really well, but we haven't always been on board seeing eye to eye about the problem, right? right? We've said it's a moral issue. We said it's a moral failing. We don't look at the mental health issues and, 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 uh, the physical aspect of addiction and all that kind of stuff. We just spiritualize everything, right? And then, and then within the secular community or the recovery community, um, without any faith base, we understand the problem really well, the science behind the addict brain and all the stuff that's going on. But we are not necessarily on the same page when it comes to solution. So right. it's a very beautiful thing when they both come together, and they meet and they start working in cooperation with each other like they did back in the days of the founders, right? But we've gotten away from that, and I think we're getting back to that. Um, but it's interesting to me, the the amount of people that relapse, so when I say understanding the problem, that, that relapse because they don't change everything, because you, you, you're you a real advocate about that. you get, mm-hmm. have to that changes everything. So, uh, you know, I I put the plug in the jug. I pulled the needle out. I crushed the crack pipe. I'm going to meetings every time the, the doors are open. I'm doing everything I'm told, except I'm still shacking up with her. I'm still overspending and being irresponsible financially. I'm still holding on to a lot of old ideas about different things. And then I wonder why... I'm the thirty day wonder,
0: and I keep relapsing, right? Well, well, I have to say, you know, that the last few things that you you mentioned, you know, sometimes that stuff takes a while to be worked through because we can true we can say you know stick the plug in a jug, and I think we you know just to you know uh, sometimes my you know my my brain jumps around on things, you know. We do a disservice on both sides of the fence, Mm -hmm. whether you want to call it secular. I don't even like that word or spirit, the the faith community. I think both sides do a disservice to each other. I think you're right because they, you know, uh, they leave out parts and then you get the, the, uh, the hardcore, uh, (laughs) what's the term I want to use? You know, uh, book thumpers, Yeah. Whatever book you're using. Whatever book. Yeah. And you can't do that for most, most addicts. They won't respond to it. Right. My whole big thing was if you're going to tell me that I have to do something or this is the only way do this or you're going to fail to me, that is not healthy or productive.
1: Yeah, like the guy that says, work the steps or die, mother, blah, blah, blah,
0: blah. I don't respond to that. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, the easier, softer way. And I think we actually need to do some of that is we need to be a little easier and we need to be a little softer when we're bringing people I agree you know the attraction right not the promotion Because yeah, most people have been beat up spit up spit up you know they, they,
1: they've they already been through that yeah
0: and that goes for the faith component as well the, exactly because you know um,
1: but what I'm saying Dave though is people that, that have been around year after year after year that have read the instructions and they're saying I'll do all of this except this Right. And then they're wondering why they're not living happy, joyous, and free.
0: Right. And like I said, I I tried that. But I knew, I mean, I didn't have all of the pieces. I was still ignorant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I, I could say, well, I didn't know. Right? And always, whenever I hear that term, uh, I didn't know or I didn't think about that, I always remember like one of the – early times uh, that's, that I went before a judge and I said, well, I didn't know my license was suspended, <laughs> right? And Or something to Sometimes the, that in, you know, uh, whatever yeah. issue was at the time. And he said, ignorance is no excuse for breaking the law. That's right. And it has always stuck in the forefront of my brain about mm-hmm. everything, especially when I hear people making up, you know, excuses like this or that or whatever. I mean, I don't actually say that out loud to them always. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends on what my relationship is. But uh, that's the thing is we need to, you know, be gentle with, with most people. And if someone jumps in with both feet and both hands and is like, you know, like over spiritualizes everything. Right. That's a huge red flag. Yes. Because they're using yes. that as their cover up. Yeah, what's going on behind the scenes with them? Right. You got to have a balance. You know, like I said, the meetings every day. I had to go, I went to uh, AA, NA, um, Al Anon, I went to DRA, Um, I went to speaker meetings, I went to open meetings, I went to closed meetings. You know, I went to meetings out of the area. area? Yeah. Right? I think that's important. I think um, it's important to do and that. And some yeah. people I know, like one of my first sponsors, he wouldn't go to meetings near his house because he wanted to be able to be free to talk because, you know, he didn't want to have to worry about gossip or, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. And so that was his deal. He went to a different city to go to meetings, you know. Um, but whatever it takes, right? Whatever yeah. it takes to uh, get sober. And if you're, you know, um, the, the early stuff is like if you have a plan. This is the biggest thing: is you got to have a plan. Whether you, if you're good at sticking stuff in your brain, great. But I suggest that you write it down at least for a while, mm-hmm. or you have a mm-hmm. you have a meeting list, right? Mm-hmm. And you you're flexible, right? If you're working on the night shift and so you're, you're going to certain meetings during the day, right? And all of a sudden they switch you to day shift, then you find other meetings to go to. You don't just stop going to meetings because you can't go to the meeting that you are comfortable yeah, you bow- with. You balance out the, the scales. Right? It isn't yeah. about yeah. the meeting. It's about uh, it's about sharing your experience, strength, and hope with somebody else. That is, you know, like uh, last week with Margie. She, you yeah. know, she was sharing her experience, strength, and hope with of her relapse, which in turn helps somebody else. Uh, because, you know, uh, that's, it, it isn't about, that's it's like I said, service work, sharing, because you're going to not only help someone else, but you're mm-hmm. going to help yourself. And it's that weird paradigm, and I can't explain it. It's the so, same thing about having faith, right? You can't necessarily always explain it. It's just there. But I had to get there on my own, with the the spiritual component, right? Yeah. Just to touch back on that, because I saw hypocrites in my my whole life, you know. And then my grandmother was like super Christian, and then died of cancer, right? Right. And so then that's kind of confusing message. The right? whole thing was, well, Jesus, God was this great, you know. That whole thing we go yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was, you know, and I was told. Um, I remember my grandmother told me one time, if you if you, you know, Jesus will 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 help you, you just got to ask for help, right? And so mm-hmm. I, you know, okay, uh, turning my life over, um, help me, right? And mm-hmm. then sit there looking at my watch, <laughs> right? When's it gonna? When's it gonna kick in? When's and that's you know, and, yeah. and maybe that was the the first process in in my life that was you know, 20 years before I got, yeah, I got uh, sober, but the, we have to try to turn off our brain if that makes any sense. And that goes along with 24 hours a day, to, you know, one day at a time, just do what you got to do. Cause if you're focused on something uh, about recovery and you're taking care of business, you don't have time to think about anything else. You don't have time to do anything else. Um, and I would I, I looked at it as, okay, I'm trading uh, my 24-7, 365 days a year addiction for an hour or two a day uh, for my recovery. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty fair trade-off. Because sure. if I just go to meetings once a week or I'm going to church once a week, I'm not going to stay sober. I'm not going you can have to have it once a week. recovery. Especially in the beginning, I'm yeah. not. This isn't enough. If I'm using every day, I got to do recovery every day, every day, every day. Yeah, you know, yep. Twice on Friday, whatever it is. Uh, if there's no meetings around where you live, start one. And and recovery doesn't just mean
1: meetings. I mean, some, right? You know, people say, "Well, I can't do my recovery unless I go to a meeting." No, that's not no. true. There, there's all sorts of things you can do. I mean, getting involved in your community at at, at a food share program, helping other people, uh, getting outside of yourself, just for an hour a day. Yep, mow your neighbor's lawn, wash your neighbor's car, do something. I am telling you, uh, now you can't lean on that alone. Just get, right. just like you can't. Lean on meetings alone, and we're going. We're going to talk about the 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 whole uh, God piece here too. But but these are all things that God has designed for us to help well, one another. And,
0: and the service part of it is, is huge because a lot of us we go through our life and we're you know we're beat down by others or we're beating ourselves down. Yeah, and it's like an instantaneous uh, boost because not only you're feeling good about helping somebody. I would guarantee that that person is going to do something to, or say something to show their appreciation. Yeah, right. And because we all, you know, need that. I used the, to the affirmation. I don't. I used to have this attitude. Well, I don't care. Right. I don't, I don't care what, care what you think. Yeah. think. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter to me. You're not going to help me. You're not going to change anything in my life to make it better. Yeah. So I'm the one. That is in control, right? Right. And the reality is is I did care about what people thought. Sure you did. I just threw up these walls and I had this persona um, to keep everybody at bay. When I had somebody at a meeting one time say, you know, welcome, we love you. And that first, you know, chip or coin that you get, Mm I don't remember in in any meetings by where I lived, I mean – It was crazy, man. And I know God knew that this is what I needed, but there's people lined up to say, Hey, you know, congratulations. You know, the things you said, and then sometimes I'd rattle things off, changed things for me. I was able to look at things that are different perspective. You just coming to this meeting and being consistent and being like a, you know, cornerstone. It's like, that's, that has helped me because so many people go in and out of the rooms, especially in NA. Right, and it's and when I when I'm hearing that, right, hmm. good job, right, pat you on the back, you know, especially with 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 guys, you know, and I would imagine women need this too. Is we need people to say thank you, you're doing a good job, right, right. That's a lot of times why we're irritated about the jobs we have is because we don't feel like we're appreciated, right. And yeah. it all travels downhill and it's like, well, if they're not going to do it, then I'm not going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. We and have you to stop that process. And you can't
1: get that if you're not plugged into some sort of support system.
0: And you have to stop saying, I'll do this when this happens. It's like, no, you have to stop and say, I'm going to do this because I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you do it and then you see things change and you, you change yourself and you know this might take a couple sessions to talk about this because there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into play with relapse prevention. Mm-hmm. You know, not only in the beginning we're doing meetings and we're doing we're talking to a sponsor uh, and we're changing we're changing everything, right? And part of that is is like we have to work the steps. I know people don't like to do that and no you don't have to do a I mean, you have to do your fourth step when, again, if you haven't done one completely or to the best of your building. But you don't need to do one every year or, you know, whatever, when something bad happens. That's what step 10 is for. Well, and
1: I I think that when we talk about in the promises, the ninth step promises, we talk about things like, we will intuitively know how to deal with situations that exactly. used to baffle us. Exactly. It's not that you have got a three by five card in your pocket and you're working a step every time you run into a, a situation, but you begin to know how to apply and implement the principles in those steps almost automatically after yeah. you've been
0: doing them for a while. Right, because you're you're hearing them. You're you're
1: yeah you're talking about you. Yeah. You know
0: you're going to meetings where you're going to step. Maybe they, excuse me. Step 20. Step studies. Right. And so you mix all that up. You don't just go to the same meetings and do the same group. You try to do other stuff anyway. But uh, yeah, and that's what happens. And now it's like automatic. Stuff happens automatically because I've been doing it for so long. So, so, so I have to say this. So
1: if, if you want to prevent relapse, you have to do things that prevent relapse.
0: Right, and, you can't
1: and you can't rest on your laurels and say I don't understand why am I here again at this bar stool, why am I here again at this shooting gallery, when this whole time you've been cherry picking what you want to do in your recovery, not following the directions of people that have gone on before you that have successfully done this. I mean, we meet together as a group of people that have the same malady, but also have the same solution, and a lot of times all we focus on is the illness. Right. We don't focus on the solution, you know, and it's like, okay, what if you want, because I've, Dave, people have said to me, Bonnie, I want what you
0: have. Well, then do what I did. Right. Well, in part of it, you you ever hear this, you know, it's like, oh, now that I'm sober, like, I'm not going to have any fun. There's nothing to do, blah, 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 blah. i tell you when, when I was in, uh, uh, when I was going to meetings, it's like, there's so much going on, That just, I mean, just in our area alone, but I mean, even, you know, throughout the state, there's stuff going on all the time. Every weekend there's something going on, you know, every season there's something going on. If you don't, if you're not plugged in. It's on you. It's
1: on you. It's on you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially coming up. We got September
1: coming up, which is national recovery month. Right. Right, there's a hands across the bridge in every town that's got a bridge. There is recovery in the parks all over the place. You might have to drive an hour, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, you know, I remember walking 4 hours to get a bag of dope that was just, you know, baby laxative. I mean, so <laughs> Exactly. Like, um you got you got to do th- this stuff. Listen, people people that say that that this or that re- program recovery didn't work are people that didn't apply and implement the principles of that program. People that say that prayer doesn't work are people that gave up praying after their first prayer. I mean, when you give up five minutes before the miracle, you can't say the
0: miracle doesn't happen. Right. You, 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 you just can't. And you have to do stuff more than one time or more than two you times. Do. Even more than three times, because if you find that you know it's a little uncomfortable or you think it's not working... Um, You know, especially with meetings, right? You should go there for at least two months to, you know, yeah, see if, you know, is what, it me that has the problem or what? is it, and then go, yeah. if it's the meeting, go, you go somewhere else.
1: Well, the reason too, listen, people say 90 meetings in 90 days. That isn't a direction to go to 90 meetings in 90 days and, and then stop. Right. One of the reasons you do that is because you can't make an accurate judgment call on something By going two or three times. You go long enough to where you can get not just your feet wet, but that you can get up to your waist in it. If you'll do that, I promise you, you will begin to see some things that you're going to want. I mean, there's dances and there's campouts and there's right. there's there's TPing each other's homes and there, I mean, there's all sorts <laughs> of crazy stuff that goes on within the recovery community.
0: Oh, I mean, that's how I kind of got introduced to, to like NA. I think back in the day, uh, my my uh, partner, uh, one of the the three musketeers, we were kind of kind of dubbed back in yeah. high school. Uh, my friend Greg, you know, he introduced me to going and to the dances on Friday Saturday night in California you know yeah. and in my head the idea wasn't necessarily to go to a meeting to, and get sober it was right. to meet girls sure but that was that was the hook right? that was the little <laughs> seeds that were planted along the way that yeah. and now you know once I actually got into recovery I was like man I've been doing this for a long time and didn't even know it so I, I want to I
1: want to uh I have this thing that uh, in their exit plan out at the Adult and Teen Child Center, when guys are getting ready to to, uh, graduate the program, I call the five fingers of accountability. And in every case, guys that have left treatment that I know of um, that have done this, they're still sober, not just sober, but they're living a life, happy, joyous, and free. They have serenity. They've reconciled with their loved ones, right? And things are working. And it goes like this. And this is just mine. This doesn't have to be yours, but have five fingers of accountability, a sponsor, somebody who has been through the recovery process and is living it successfully. Somebody that you get permission to call you on your mm. BS, even if they're mistaken. Somebody that knows a lot about you and is able to do that. And somebody that has actually worked and applied the principles in those 12 steps a recovery group of some kind i don't care if it's a men's group of five people or if it's a na or AA meeting or a cr meeting of 25 people some group that can also hold you accountable that when you're not there somebody's saying something hey dave haven't seen you in a while what's going down right this is this is that being in the middle of the herd mentality um A spiritual advisor, somebody that is on the same page with you spiritually about your faith uh, that can help you apply the principles of what you believe in to your recovery process. Uh, And then a recovery friend, somebody you can go fishing with or hunting with or go to the races with or to a movie with. You don't have to talk about recovery all the time. But there's somebody that's enjoying life clean and sober, that also can hold you accountable. And then an employer. Now, listen, your employer doesn't have to know everything about you, but I remember going to my employer when I first got sober, and my sponsor says, I want you to ask him to hold you accountable as the best employee he's ever had, that you're going to be on time, that you're going to be responsible, and you're going to be the best employee he's got. Honest. Integrity. Yeah, integrity. And when you have those in place... The chances of relapse drop drastically. Um. Yeah, and so people that, I've noticed that I notice that I've given that tool to, I go that are back out there. I go, which which one did you pull back on? Yeah. You know, and there's always one or two that they pull back on almost immediately, because now they're out. They're out of treatment. They're out of the residential recovery program. They got a little taste of freedom. Yeah, I'll get to. I'll get to a meeting next week. Yeah, we know people that come out of an incarceration, like jail or prison, and they go to a 12 step support meeting immediately that same day, their chances of staying sober go up to like something like 33%.
0: Right. Yeah, it, it just makes sense. Well, and in, in some people go through that period where they got the pink cloud, as they say. Yeah. Where everything's, you know, all hunky dory now and. Sober, I went to treatment, na 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 nah. Now everything is going to change. It's like the actual work doesn't start <clears throat> until you leave treatment. That even includes, you know, if you've been in a program for 12 months. Yeah. Because you, you're in a protected environment. You got someone telling you what to do, when to do it, right? And so you don't have to think too much. Mm-hmm. You just basically, you know... The alarm goes off, you get up and you go do your scheduled routine and you have you know you you follow the schedule you know right I remember when I was in, 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 in treatment you whenever we had a meeting you know the intercom the lady in the intercom you know meeting time meeting time <laughs> it was like this crazy thing it's like, oh my God, that's gonna burn in my brain, into my brain for the rest of my life um Yeah, I don't know how much time we got left, but we may have to continue this because I've got a whole list of things that um, kind of goes to the Mm -hmm. next uh, few steps in this process. I I mean, a lot of people are probably listening going, okay, we get all this. We know all this. We're doing all this, blah, blah, blah. But we want to start from the beginning because there's some people that may, you know, just – and this is the same thing about when you go to these – groups, meetings, mm-hmm. uh, 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 sober sponsor friend, whatever. Right. When you have these conversations, things come up, you know, I, I don't know how many times I gone to a meeting and go, wow, I mm-hmm. forgot about that. Sure. Or, Man. I didn't think about it like that. I'm going to try that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So let's let's pick up on this again. We'll do part two of relapse prevention next month on Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life" today with Dave Fleming. Uh, so you, you, you don't want to miss that because this is important stuff to to uh, to stay tuned into. So I, I do because we are out of time. Um, I I do want to tell the listeners about next week's show. Okay, and and hopefully, hopefully you can be here because I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be here with, Dave.
0: With, with, with some bells on, maybe. Yeah, all right. Or horn or something.
1: So next week, next week uh, on Monday show, Dr. Rob Kelly is going to be with us. Now, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Rob. Rob uh, is a PhD, is a world-renowned addiction expert who believes in treating the problem, not the symptoms. He has worked for many years helping addicts and alcoholics to recover their lives from the disease of addiction. Based on his own experiences working with addicts and alcoholics over the last 20 years, combined with a Ph.D. in psychology and as a recovered alcoholic himself, he's a triple threat against the disease of addiction. Dr. Kelly's philosophy may seem unconventional and orthodox. We like unconventional and orthodox, Dave, right? That's right. But they are based on extensive research and behavior studies that have uh, he has conducted over the last 20 years. He pulls the disease out of its clients and empowers them to fight the disease head on. Some people have referred to him as the Gordon Ramsay of the addiction world because of his direct, <laughs> no-nonsense and candid approach to recovery. He has discovered that in order to get his clients to change their thinking, They must confront their disease with candor and vigor. Dr. Kelly works to make the road of recovery less of a mystery tour. Rob Kelly, Ph.D., has worked with thousands of people, including celebrities of film, music, and sports. He has lectured at many high-profile universities and hospitals on the subject of addiction and is recognized as a leading authority on addiction recovery methods that are changing lives all around
0: the world. So uh, be looking forward to that, listeners. It's going to be great. That's going to be fun. I I, I can already tell that this guy I can totally like relate to because it's right. like uh, the same, you know, same kind of things. Yeah. I remember um, I'm kind of that way. You know, they talk about uh, in 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 the field don't do confrontation, right? But you need to do that sometimes. I, I, I've there's been times where I've had to tell people that you know you need to stop lying and you need to pull, you know, yeah. pull your, you know, you're not no, you're full of it, right? Yeah. I've said that in front of my supervisor, <laughs> right? And the guy didn't talk about anything else for the rest of his time there, but he's <laughs> but he said it in a way like <clears throat> I've never had anybody challenge me. Well, and I'm going to give I'm going to give a, a little piece of this
1: away the uh, show for next week to cool, kind tickle, of cool. tickle your ears, listeners. You know this whole concept of needle exchange and this whole idea of having supervised heroin dens where you have nurse practitioners and so forth supervising heroin addicts using heroin? Harm reduction. Harm reduction. Rob Kelly has a very interesting viewpoint on this that got me to thinking and actually... I'm not so sure I'm as dogmatic against that whole process as I once was. But I'm going to tell you why next week. I don't know. The jury is still out on that. But he makes a very good point. So we're going to be asking him him about that. So if you're one of these people that says, absolutely not. That's just enabling people. You might want to tune in. I dare you. Dare you, Dave. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Nice. Um, he's been on the doctor several times. You know, he, he the guy is world renowned. And what is really a blessing is I didn't hunt him down. His agent found us and said, Can Rob come on your show? Nice and I'll tell you, there's no greater compliment for a podcaster exactly than to right. have something like that that happen. All right. Um our closing song. Is very apropos It's by Michael Purrington And The Messengers And it's, it's entitled Sayings on the Wall You know all those platitudes, Dave? Yes Yeah, here's Michael And his song Don't
2: think Don't drink Easy does not First things first All these helpful hints Are supposed to kill my thirst Since I got sober I lost what was left of my mind Coming to these meetings And reading these stupid signs Nothing is so bad That a drink won't make it worse They never told me sobriety was a blessing and a curse One day If that's the best That you can do I should have stayed at home This too shall pass If I keep it simple I can stand the pain But these wonderful Clichés Are making mush Out of my brain Nothing is so bad can't say those signs contain intellectual wealth, but they're starting to make sense even to a smart guy like myself. They're digging deep down to where my stinking thinking lurks, but I still get pissed off when they say, keep coming. so bad
1: Michael Purrington and the Messengers with their song, Sayings on the Wall. All right, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man for Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today and the Take 12 Recovery Radio family and our good friend, Mr. Dave Fleming. And we are reminding you that because of God's grace and love for you, you are entitled to overcome overcome.
0: this has been a broadcast of KHLT recovery broadcasting